Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Puck Off here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, I'm joined by two great guests, the hosts of All Goals, No Misses, uh, Lauren and Grace. I want to thank you both for joining me. Today has been a day, as they say. Um, and I'm glad you guys were able to jump on with me. Hopefully, Andrew's able to join us a little bit later. I, as as two women who work very, very in-depth in hockey, hockey culture, Twitter culture, all the, the cesspools that mix, mix together, today being a huge day where we finally get an even the smallest of updates to the 2018 Canadian World Juniors scandal. Uh, we'll just encompass it all in that word. Um, first and foremost, obviously the events of the day have unfolded in the manner that they have. But where are you? I'll start with Lauren. Sorry, you're you're just to my left on the screen. So we'll start with you. Where are you at? First of all, where were you at coming into today as far as knowing the story and kind of where things were just kind of left and seemingly forgotten by many? Um, and now after a day like today where, yes, there's still a lot of speculation and, and we'll dive into that, but just how much does a day like today do for your psyche as a woman in the world of hockey? Um, today was not a great day, personally. Um, it was hard to, I'm, I'm a student, so while I'm like trying to focus on my studies, I also obviously am very involved with everything that has been going on recently and so ever since the story initially broke I've definitely kept my eyes on it um, from the beginning beginning and it's something where unfortunately it does feel like it goes away and then it comes back again and it goes away and it comes back again and in my mind it has never gone away because I think about this so often um, you know as as women, I think, I mean, obviously, and men too, do experience it, but it's just, it's been a hard day with the memories that it brings back um, and, like, the personal situations that everybody has gone through in their life. I mean, a lot of people were talking about it on Twitter, how it was, you know, as as nice as it is to see that things are being done it just it just keeps bringing back all these bad memories for people and people are very vocal in it they were sharing that all over twitter and it just sucked to see so many people that you know talking about their own experience and i think that was like probably the worst part about today what about for you grace yeah i mean i think that for just it's been I think especially meaningful like the, that you invited us on here and to be able to be in this space because already I feel like, you know, we're all part of the hockey world. Like we know that it's very common for women and other people to, who are from certain communities to sort of get edged out. Um, and, you know, for us, knowing that already when it's so hard to be a woman in the hockey world, this really adds to it because it does, like you said, it becomes a cesspool. It brings out the worst people, the people who are so desperate to, you know, just keep it about hockey. And we're not going to talk about these other things, no matter how important they are. Um, 
And I think Lauren's right that I think the hardest part, um, but also for me, the most um, important part has been the way that this individual who was subject to this terrible, terrible crime at the hands of these individuals, how her strength in coming forward and talking about it has already led so many people to talk about their own experiences and be open about these things. Um, because it's something that's so hard to do and something that, you know, there's no script for, but to see a woman who, you know, six years after the fact is still fighting for justice and is still willing to do it. Um, and seeing so many people who are supporting her and talking about it and advocating for it, um, has been really meaningful because I think that, you know, Laura and I have said it before that you do an injustice to everybody involved if you don't talk about it, if you aren't being open about it, if you aren't bringing it to the forefront, because we're the people who are going to make change happen, like from the outside, if we talk about these things and we say how significant they are. Um, and so that's the one good part of today that I've found is seeing the strength and resilience of so many people on Twitter and in my own life who are talking about it and being honest about it. Um, and I just wish that other people would engage in that sort of discourse instead of some of the really harmful and ignorant takes that you see from a lot of people on the internet who would rather sweep it under the rug, would rather not talk about it. But yeah, um, it, it's it's certainly the awkward, it's the uncomfortable, but at least in my experience, those conversations when they're avoided, the worst happens. And whether it's the uh, a situation that goes misunderstood and it just kind of blows it up into something that it doesn't have to. But for something like this change, like the real meaningful change can't occur unless we talk about it. And I, I wholeheartedly admit, I, I don't know what I don't know. And I'm sure there will be things that I will have said or, or will say that aren't exactly what I mean in the sense that it's going to hit somebody the wrong way because everybody experiences everything differently. And for something like this, like I know someone who was falsely accused of not this grotesque of a situation, but in general, false accusations are just as bad as the actual events that take place because everybody gets hurt from them. And so one of the things that makes it so awkward is right now we we have so much where it's just speculation. We have five players from their teams have taken a leave of absence. They were all on the 2018 team. Those are facts. We don't actually know that these five are the ones who were in the room who committed acts. They could be being a couple of them could be being called in as a witness. We, we, we actually don't know now, given the fact that there's the report that five players were told, Hey, you need to surrender. And within 24 hours, five people stepped away from their job. One plus one does equal two, but I don't think we're at two just yet. We will find out more February 5th when the police department holds their press conference. But to your, you guys both mentioned it, the horrible takes, we want to stick it to hockey. The, I mean, Hockey Canada itself paid out over $3 million to try to make this go away. 
So we know something happened. And, and, and that's the part where people sitting there, at least in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, please, please don't hesitate to do that, where people sit there and go, well, we got to let the process play out. Well, part of the process has already played out. We know something happened. An organization like Hockey Canada doesn't cut a $3 million check because something may or may not have happened. They know something ha- or likely happened. And I think that validates the story, the at least the accusations that players did something wrong. Yeah. And I mean, as much as I obviously being in my line of work and being in the legal field, it's I have a, a great respect and understanding of the system and how it can be misplaced how we do see miscarriages of justice um but you know to be very clear like in this scenario when it comes to violent crimes and in this case the most violent crime that one can imagine in which the victim survives you really don't see people get charged unless this the victim or the survivor in this case has been vetted very, very carefully, um, because she will be subject to some of the most intense and probing questioning, which she already has for sure. But in a court of law, she will be subject to some of the most intense um, and probing questioning that would crumble most people. Um, And the fact that they feel confident enough in what they're doing, that they are willing to make these statements and and file these charges, is an indicator that this is already going a lot further because we're talking about, you know, a crime for which one in something like 20 people or, or I think it's one in a hundred or three in a hundred that are ever found guilty of it in the United States at least. Um, but only like one in five are even filed, like fi- filed reports and then a slightly smaller number for those who have charges filed against them. Um, and so the fact that it's progressed to this point, and especially when you factor in that it's been six years, I mean, that's that that would kill most cases. That would destroy most cases. Six years is an insane amount of time in the legal field. In fact, it usually takes like six years for a case to get all the way through the court of appeals. Now we're just seeing it start. Um, and that, you know, is to me, that's all the the evidence I need as a, as a law student and as a person to know that, um, this story is very credible. Um, and that at the, you know, I always am going to believe survivors. It's just my default because I do think it's significantly more harmful to end up in a situation where you haven't believed a survivor, um, and they end up being right, uh, or they end up telling the truth because of how very rare false accusations are. Um, so I'm always going to default to that, but I'm all the more, confident in that assertion given that just the legal intricacies involved here you don't see this sort of thing really ever and you certainly wouldn't see it um six years out so for me that's what is truly the most important thing to me is just validating what should have been validated i think over the past six years which was that this was real this did happen and somebody continued to suffer harm because of it um but there were people who were trying to push it under the rug and and say it didn't happen so I don't know. What do you think, Lauren? Sorry, I keep having to meet myself because I am in Worcester and the cops are, you know, doing their thing uh, every five seconds. Um, I don't love those Worcester cops. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but no, Grace, you're 100% right. And the longevity of this has to have been the most painful, other than when this actually happened, the most painful part of it. Because, like I said before, it's being brought up again and again. So you have to relive that again and again. And in the room, when, when they bring you in, they're going to make you describe everything. And they're going to make you almost, you know, there's going to be a side who is going to say that you're lying about this. And, like, that is what makes people not want to speak out. Because there is a huge fear that people are going to just look at you and say, this didn't happen to you. Like, you're lying about this. And it also has to do with the fact that a lot of people will look at the situation and be like, well, what about these people's lives? But it's like, what about her life? Like, she has been impacted by this for years. So it's just, like, today has just been, I think, out of all of the days where news has broken about what the ongoing case, I think this has definitely been the hardest day. And I don't, I don't want to speculate because I see, I see a lot of speculation online. And I mean, like you said, one, one plus one does equal two. But until it's out there, I don't want to say anything because, like you said, God forbid something, somebody is taking a leave of absence for a certain reason. But the timing isn't great. No. And, and like I said, one plus one equals two. I'd say we're probably at one and a half right now. We'll, we'll get the other 0.5 when the police department makes their statement because the, the article specifically said that they were being told to come back to face charges. So we know charges are coming. We just don't know if it's coming to these five individuals or not. Um, and the, the, the player over in Sweden, their team said he's going home to Canada. So that's a pretty damning statement right there to at least say it might have something to do with this while not saying that it has something to do with this. And they all have that one thing in common, the 2018 team, they were all on it. And so in grace, you, you made emphasis of the point. It's been six years. We also can't really feel too bad for these five individuals because what did they all of a sudden grow a conscience and now they feel bad for it. It's been six years. Not one of them over the last six years has sat there and said, Hey, you know what? We did do something wrong. We fucked up. And you know what? It's okay to say you fucked up in life. That's actually one of the better things that you can do because if let in the hypothetical world, where these are the five guys, if even one of them had come forward sooner and said, we messed up, we hurt someone, and we shouldn't have done it, it's a lot, I don't want to say forgive and forget, because it's not for, forgive and forget, but it's it, it, it's come together and move forward, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, and I think that you point to a an important um, nuance, and I think overlooked I know that I tweeted about like we have to also hold responsible like the people at at, at um, Hockey Canada who covered it up. Um, but the other part that I think we might never see resolution for and we might never, you know, find total justice for is that probably a lot of people on that team and elsewhere in the hockey world knew exactly who these people were and knew exactly what had happened and didn't talk about it. Um, 
And I think that that's a hard part to face because it's a lot harder to hold people responsible for that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, it's never a good thing to be complicit. It's never a, a moral thing to sit by and allow this sort of thing to go untalked about. Um, so that part does suck. And I think that as much as we can celebrate like this as a form of justice and um, this as something that is necessary in order to really ensure that people face consequences for it, you know, it doesn't change that there are a lot of answers we won't get and a lot of um, concerns that will never be addressed. So it's sort of a, a, a double-edged sword because the finality of it, I think, you know, with charges being filed, there will be a trial or, uh, I mean, a guilty plea. I can't uh, 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 can't say anything about the Canadian legal system. I know that in America, it'd probably be a plea. Um, but the... Uh, at the end of the day, like once that's over, it'll be good to finally like resolve this, but it, it doesn't change that going forward, hockey culture and people within the hockey world have to do better and they have to step up. They have to be willing to talk about these things. Um, so I think that that's the other part of it that is, is hard to, to ignore. Yeah. And, and Lauren, you made a comment about not wanting to speculate and kind of bringing it all together. For instance, Dylan Dubé, the defenseman from Calgary, is a great example because he was the captain of the team and Calgary went out of their way to say that he was taking away from the team for mental health reasons. So this could, it very well could be one of those, you know, the five players got wind that they were going to be told that they had the report. They got that from their lawyer and one of them, all of them, someone said something to him where he found out and he was like, it all just, came crashing down for him. He feels responsible for all this stuff because he was the captain of the team. And like, it could be that for him. It could be that for any of them. They just weren't the captain. So for him, it's a little bit more understandable uh, given those circumstances, but we we don't know. And and that's the part where some of it is speculation. And, and uh, to be clear, they are, innocent until proven guilty right now it just looks really bad and obviously for legal reasons no one on any side of things is going to come out with a statement that says something that will later be proven wrong and that that's why i know some people were ripping gary bettman and the nhl some people ripped danny briere earlier today because he held his press conference and he basically deferred everything to the league the issue with that is, is the league has already issued a statement to all 32 teams to direct those questions to the league. So Danny Briere did what he was supposed to do because the league is doing their own investigation. And Gary Bettman is a lawyer's lawyer of lawyers, and he will not have anything spoken that he doesn't want to have spoken. That's why there was a statement today from a, a, about an expansion team and not a statement about this because that statement was probably well-prepared well in advance. And then the police department came and smacked him upside the head with this. And he said, I'd rather not say anything than say the wrong thing because it will come back to bite him in the ass. If he does say the wrong thing. I mean, to be fair, I do think that they knew about this a long time in advance. I know that technically the police just came out about it, but in a lot of cases you see, uh, 
individuals informed ahead of time, and at least they knew for the last couple of days, I see the announcement about the expansion as nothing more than uh, an attempt to deflect attention away from this coming out, because it did happen within the hour of this report, or this, you know, report that these charges were going to be filed. Um, Very much spoken by the NHL. Right. I don't um, give them a lot of credit. I don't know, Lauren, if you feel the same way. I think you do. (laughs) Um, But... Oh my god, it pissed me off. I don't think I've ever experienced more rage than I had when I had logged out of Twitter for a few minutes to take a break, and then I log back in, and I see someone talking about an expansion, and I'm just like, what do you mean we're talking about expansion right now? First of all, we shouldn't be expanding. Second of all, there's so much going on right now, this is ridiculous. And then also to go back with... um citing mental health reasons if it comes out that he's involved in this and he cited mental health reasons i'm going to be so upset because there are people who legitimately take mental health leaves um who legitimately need them and all this does is not only look bad on quote-unquote mental health leave but it also does nothing to destigmatize mental health in a whole. Um, yeah, so that would just be that if that comes out. That that will be completely disrespectful to anyone in the NHL has who has been through any kind of mental health leave or just any t- type of mental health issues at all. Yeah, there was a tweet that I did see earlier in the day and I don't remember who it was. I want I want to say it was Saravali, but I could be wrong. There's been a lot of insiders tweeting stuff out, um, but basically the gist of it was keep an eye on that situation because the basically the team wouldn't put themselves in a position to say, hey, it was mental health if it wasn't or if it was if there wasn't connection to mental health. They very specifically put that in there uh, again. Maybe it's simply because he was the captain of the team and things are becoming overwhelming. He knows he's got to have to go testify against former teammates and all that's coming to fruition. It very well could be that. And that's why they worded it that way. They are the only ones who have added anything other than personal issues and no further comment. So again, I I don't remember who the insider was, but they were one of those credible, you know, Elliot Friedman, Frank Cervelli, level insiders that I want to at least give them credit for pointing that out. And to your point, Lauren, if, if it were to come out that he was involved and this isn't just something else, like what I was saying, there's going to be a lot of people who are even more pissed than they already are about this. Um, And I will say to, to Grace's point, it was Chris Davis shout out Chris Davis, because as soon as he saw the the public relations statement about the Smith Entertainment Group, I think he said it perfect. Jesus fucking read the room, Gary. Like that was the ultimate you like whether it was pre-planned or not, you just didn't read the room right. I don't think yeah, he never I mean, read I, the room. He's never oh I think and I think that Lauren's right. I think that what we've seen from the NHL has been a consistent strategy of um deflect and ignore and You know, to an extent, it's worked for them. I think we're seeing it work less, but we see it any time in which the NHL does something morally repugnant or 
wrong, um, that their strategy to deal with it is to deflect it to something else, ignore it, or say that they're under the guise of staying neutral or, um, you know, they don't want to respond to rumors or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think we're reaching a point, a sort of a, a tipping point for the NHL where they have to own up to these things because it is going to start costing them. It has already started costing them. And I think that this will be the biggest um, indicator of that is that whatever the fallout is, and the NHL has made clear that they have every intention of releasing their investigative report. Now they're in kind of hot water because if, you know, whatever comes out in either a trial or in any investigative reports from the government of Canada, if it doesn't match with what the NHL found, the NHL, for whatever reason, says that they, and I think that probably not releasing it before this report came out was intentional because now they can adjust, they can adjust their findings to ensure that they show they accounted for everything. Um, Because like it, it is a bad look that this has gone on for six years, that they've been investigating it for at least a year and a half. Um, and you're telling me you didn't know what players it was going to be. You didn't know who was named in, you know, the civil suit in which individuals were just named as John Doe's like they did. And, and so I think that again, we're seeing sort of the reckoning of their deflect policy and their deflect strategy. Um, but I mean, Lauren's right. I mean, I don't think that, uh, Gary Bettman has ever dealt with anything with grace uh, and the level of dignity I think that a lot of people deserve, um, which is unfortunate. It, and it really, it, especially in situations like this, I really hate to say this, but Gary Bettman does his job better than any other commissioner. He takes all the licks that the fans want to give and he doesn't give a flying fuck about him. He cares about the shield And I I don't think he handled this the right way, but I think exactly to your point, the reason why we've been looking at the NHL going, you going to say anything yet? No, we're going to wait until we have, because there's basically been three investigations been going on the police investigation, the NHL's investigation and the hockey Canada investigation. Now, we already know that Hockey Canada is reinvestigating because they swept it under the rug the first time by trying to cut that check. So we know we can't really trust what they come up with. Yeah, I mean, the civil suit, if you want to add in a fourth one, the civil suit requires discovery, subpoenas. I mean, you have to get a lot of information to come to a settlement of that size. Um, So if you want to get pedantic, there's definitely like four. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, essentially four. Um, But, for you know, if the NHL wanted to take the stance, really what he should have said is, they're employed by the NHL now. They weren't at the time of the incident. We will act accordingly once we have all of the information and we know, uh, it, you know, and we, we know who's guilty in a court of law. And while it would not have been a fantastic answer, it would have been a more appropriate answer than we're just waiting for the police department. And then we'll release our stuff because the police department isn't going to release anything until after the trial. So hopefully to, to what you mentioned earlier, there's, there's a resolution of at least one party having a plea. So we don't have to wait for it to go to trial. Uh, The worst thing that hockey Canada can do, the NHL can do, and the police department can do is sit here and go, 
oh, and everyone has to sign an NDA now. Because if that happens, I can't imagine the backstorm that's going to come out if we have just this and all of a sudden, oh, and NDAs are signed. Yeah, I mean, at least in, um, you know, the United States in public uh, cases, because they were all adults when this happened, um, the individuals involved, and because the uh, victim in the case was also an adult, odds are it's pu- it's going to be public record. Um, it will be public record eventually, definitely at the end of the trial or at the end of a plea. Um, but odds are before that, um, just because that's how it works. You can't really, it's not really a, a way to, to stop that even with NDAs unless it's for the purposes of an investigation. But I, I take it that the investigation is over or at the very least what they need to file charges is over. Um, and so there's not a whole like lot you can do to keep the names from coming out. So I know that they will. Um, and like that, that, at the end of the day, I think that's the biggest problem I have is that the, the investigators have this, you know, legal justification for not releasing the names because, you know, they have this, they don't want to disturb the investigation or whatever, but these private entities, NHL, um, hockey, Canada, they don't have that, um, anything preventing them from doing it except for the fact that it's easier not to. Um, but I don't know. A lot of the takes I've seen online have tried to suggest or, or intimate that, you know, somehow, you know, and the NHL can't talk about it. Um, they can, they can, there's no reason they can't, uh, well, they can't but they, they won't agree because they, there's probably something with the police department where they've said, Hey, certain information can't get out there to maintain the integrity of our investigation. Yeah, so, like, again, just on, like, the, the criminal, like, level, like, if if uh, an individual is the victim of this sort of crime, they are given a level of, of agency in which they can sort of, again, it's a very, I think I tweeted this, that sexual assault is a very uh, unique crime in the United States and elsewhere in which typically the victim has sole ability to close a case and prevent it from ever being investigated um, if they so choose. And so, but it, unless, um, unless certain people, I should say, have been subpoenaed specifically to testify to certain details, they wouldn't be able to talk about it. But others certainly can, like just legally others can, whether they will or not, I don't know. But they can, um, which is frustrating sometimes. Definitely, Lauren. Do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, I do. I do think that like the NHL should have said something today, like anything. Like I know they were like, "Oh well, you should every every question about this case should be directed towards the NHL." But I do think they would have done themselves a lot of justice if they put out any kind of statement but then again any kind of statement wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been enough because it wouldn't have been damning enough um so but i do think like they posted about all-star weekend they posted about tate mccray if i was tate mccray and they were using me as a scapegoat 
I'd be out of there immediately. Like ditch that, all star weekend, just, not show up. Yeah. It's just another way of them just, you know, using uh, not to mention using a woman to put in front of something that they they are involved in now. It's just like all of their responses today have been so weird and frankly extremely disrespectful to anyone who has gone through anything similar to this. Um but to be honest, this isn't very different from what I would expect them to do uh considering they've done it so many times and I just have such an issue leaving anything to the NHL as like an investigation because I don't think that they do do anything well enough and I don't think that they're ready for something like this uh because they've swept things on, under the rug so many times. Now, the list that I want aside from the players involved because again, the, the players are the ones who are actually going to be charged with the events that uh, we're going to say allegedly occurred because we weren't there or at least I wasn't there and I I do believe that something happened. I don't know what happened, but clearly there's enough evidence to prove something happened that shouldn't have happened because one, an organization like that doesn't just throw $3 million to make a non-issue go away. That just doesn't happen. It's not like they were writing a check for $30 and said, have a nice day. Thank you very much. We're talking over $3 million. Also, this is an organization that did it years earlier in 2003, and that was proven as well. So they have a history of trying to make things go away, trying to cover it up. My question is, is who on the board who knew about it, who tried to cover it up? What is the list of names from the board who is going to get any sort of charges pressed? And why isn't there a conspiracy charge against them? Where's that list? Yeah, if I had to guess... To answer your question, who I'm gonna go no one, um, just because I don't think that that will happen. It's it should happen, but I don't think that it will. Um, I think that it's already hard enough to prosecute a sexual assault case. That um, obviously, I think with proper investigation and um, you know a, an actual desire to do it, they could easily hold certain people accountable. But I think you know for any prosecuting authority or for any entity who finds out that its employees or members of it are responsible for something so heinous. Uh, it's easier to make a big show of like holding accountable just a few people um, rather than having to address the systematic issue at play. So I wish that there would be more repercussions for those people, but I don't know that there will be. The reason why I bring that up is because we, we saw with the Chicago Blackhawks and the Kyle Beach situation we saw the league come out and say, Bowman, you're done. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the coach. You're done. Um, you know, we, we saw the league come out and say, these people knew this. They messed up by not doing anything about it. I don't think anybody thinks that the league punished the organization enough, but that's beside the point. We can't go back now and repunish them for it. It is what it is. It was, it was very poorly done. But we know Quinville and that was the name I was looking for. Quinville and Bowman, they're out of the NHL right now because they hid something. The NHL can sit here and say, this is what we found from the board. 
of what they knew. And while the list isn't necessarily going to result in charges against those people, that that the NHL can't file charges against them. But the NHL can sit there and say, this is our game that we hold in high esteem. And, you know, we already ripped into them for doing away with uh, special nights in the league, you know, Pride Night, Military Night, Cancer Night, all those, because they've already dropped the ball on hockey is for everyone. If they really want to come out and make a statement releasing those names and saying these are the people who are putting a black eye on our sport because they're not taking things serious enough and they're not doing enough to change the culture at the lower levels, that would go a lot further than anything else the league can do, at least in my opinion. Unfortunately, I just I don't see a huge change personally under Gary Bettman, considering I just don't think he's done enough. I think, yeah, maybe he's done a good job of uh, saving face on many occasions. I think that there are things that he could do. There are people he could talk to, people who he could bring in to talk to teams and emphasize the importance of really, you know, sensitive issues. And I don't believe that he is the person who will do that. I don't know. I don't know why he won't, because maybe we're just feeding into, you know, the old man fight hockey type that, you know, I know that he loves, but I just don't think that he's going to do enough. And I don't think he ever will. Grace, any, anything to add? Yeah. I mean, I think Lauren said it best. It's just, um, it already feels like we were pulling teeth to get any sort of movement on this, just for the people who, who were the subject of the investigation. Um, and so I think that it's an even higher bar to expect um anything else and i've and you know given the track record of the nhl i've reached a point where i don't expect a whole lot or any really hockey entity um because you know it's easier to take the silent route and they think that that makes it better so you know as much as it hurts and as much as i hate it and as much as we need to see change in the future you know i can only hope that it would happen sooner rather than later Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting at just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. So going in, knowing that the next step, I, I at least in, in my view, the next step is waiting until the February 5th 
press conference from the police department between then and now from a, a woman's perspective, what can be done, whether it's by those in the media, those within organizations, players, what can be done to show some semblance of progress in the next two weeks that while today was not a win, I can't say it wasn't a win because we, we got information. We, we essentially have learned that the police department has narrowed it down to the point where they can charge five people. Now, we don't know if these are the five who will face charges. We could get news tomorrow that three other players have taken leave of absences, and that'll throw everything back in a blender. But the police department literally said, you need to surrender yourself because we are going to charge you with sexual assault to five players. So between now and who knows what we're going to find out on that February 5th press conference, what what is something you guys you women would like to see to know that whether changes on the horizon, this case isn't going to get dropped off. It's not just getting swept under the rug. What are some of the steps that you would be looking for? Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but all right. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, before I was interrupted by the ambulance, um, first off, I think that they need to start bringing in some women who because there because there are a bunch of women out there who have um i know i had one in college they go around and they talked about it's like an open forum uh talk about sexual violence sexual assault domestic assault all those you know really important topics um you have to take a course about it um and like it's it's all really informative stuff i mean yeah you know what people don't like to do that stuff People think it's not it's not a good use of time. I disagree. I think it's really important that all them all of these players know like you know the basics of sexual assault. Um, but I think as far as the media goes, um, all we can do right now is wait, obviously. Um, but I think that a lot of people in the media are going going for the clicks. They're going for read my story, um, you know, not using kind language, just trying just, just trying to make it dramatized. And I just don't think that it has to be that way. I think that we can talk about this openly and in a respectful manner. And I don't think we saw that a lot today. I think a lot of people were they wanted you to click on their story. They wanted you to hear from them first. It was like, you know, when we joke about the hashtag insiders, uh, we really saw that at play today. Um, so I just, they just have to like start looking externally because I don't think internally is going to be the, is going to be the solution. Lauren put it the best. I mean, I think the, the big changes, they have to come publicly. They have to come openly and we have to talk about them. Um, you know, for all the people who, you know, for a lot of reasons can't talk about them. Um, and so I, you know, I hope that at least from the actual investigating authority, like I, I don't know how much they can actually say about the specific people um, or how much they'll choose to say just because they, I mean, A, don't want to, or B, because they have legitimate reasons that they feel it would be better for their case. Um, because the last thing you ever want is for 
a, a guilty defendant to be able to claim that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the trial wasn't fair, um, at which point you can potentially have convictions thrown out. And, and that's, you know, not productive if the trial actually was just unfair for the fact that somebody was guilty. Um, so uh, I, I'll understand that if they can't say those certain things for their own purposes and for the purposes of keeping the trial healthy and um, productive. Uh, but, you know, I wish that we could see some resolution because I think we're finally seeing some of it. And I just like to see it all the way through for, you know, not only this survivor, but any survivor, anybody who's had to watch, you know, the person who has done something terrible to them walk free. Um, and I think that they're owed that. Uh, we're all owed that really. So I can only hope. Yeah. And, and earlier today on, on Twitter, there was another person who's, who made a comment, her, uh, her name is Kristen Ostrowski. I don't know if you guys saw her tweet, but she basically made it known that she had a sexual assault incident that was only recently made public. And she's at a point now where she can't talk about it. So she, her her emphasis was basically don't let this go away. And and I think my takeaway from that is as as we get closer to that February 5th next event, this is something like Lauren said, it's awkward. It's, it's weird. It's, it's not comfortable to talk about, but it happens way more than we want to admit. And unless we're having those conversations, like, yeah, it, it's awkward. It sucks. This isn't an episode that I wanted to do of the show. If that makes sense, just because we're not talking about hockey, but yet we are because you know, there's a whole nother situation of how does it affect their teams and, you know, their, their colleagues on the roster and so on and so forth. But that's not the number one pressing issue. I, I, I think we can all agree that, you know, Cal Pedersen is a little bit better off than without Carter Hart there than, than the victim if he did what supposedly happened if he was involved, I think Cal Pedersen will be okay. A little bit more so than the victim in this instance. So while, you know, he may have lost a, a colleague out of the room and, and someone he cares about in the sense of he's my teammate, not the number one issue at hand. Yeah. I don't think I've thought for a second what it meant to any of these teams. If, you know, if the people who took leaves were charged that's the word I was looking for. Um, because that's just not, I don't care. You know what? Like if someone on my team does someone does something just as shitty, I want them out. I don't care if they're the best player. I don't care if they're a fourth line grinder that, you know, sits upstairs half the season. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that we are holding a space for the people in this sport who have experienced this stuff. And to the point of like calling, talking about this awkward, it should never be comfortable. We should never feel like we are um, able to talk about this in a normal manner because sexual violence will never be normal. It's one of the crudest forms of violence ever. Um, and 
so I just I've seen a lot of tweets today about what is this going to do for x y and z and I don't care you shouldn't care either because what about that player and what did they do to her like let's talk about that first let's talk about the victim first I don't I don't care about your you know second liner I really don't if if he if he did something wrong he deserves to be off the team. He deserves to face the full consequences for what he did after being able to live his life freely for years. And, and I think that's a huge part of it, too, is, is it's been so long that as much as a, a player may want to come out in support of their teammate, how can you support someone who has known something? Who cares what the extent is? Like, you know, there, there's evidence that a player was invited into the room. They didn't know what was going on. They left after approximately 10 minutes and okay, fine. Did they technically do anything in the room? Maybe not, but they still know something. And they've been sitting on that information for six years. And who knows? Maybe that person, maybe that was Dylan Dubé. Who knows? The people in the room know. And, you know, initially it was, eight people in the room plus the victim. So I I don't know if these five mean that they determined that it was only five or if they just don't have enough to find out who the other three are, but who, whether it was six, nine, 10, only the people who were there know what happened. And that means we're going to have, let's say it was nine people, nine different stories of what happened but that's still nine people who didn't say anything for six years. And if you, and I went back at someone I saw on Twitter earlier today, someone said, Oh, well, well maybe they just didn't know it wasn't consensual or whatever for six years being involved in a group text, trying to get her to drop everything. Like at, at what point can we sit here and go, they knew they did something wrong. Some point in the last six years, the $3 million check wasn't enough to give you a clue. The The fact that she's still pursuing it isn't a fucking clue. Like, it's been six fucking years, and, and she's still sitting here going, no, this fucking happened. Credit yeah. to her, first and foremost, because she's the one yeah. that everybody should be getting behind. I, I, I'm also not going to sit here and crush her for maybe not being able to identify everybody in a picture-perfect manner because there were things involved, alcohol, things of that nature. You, you have to rely on other things. Now, does that mean you know every single person in the room was guilty of the same type of infraction? No. Because if you go back and look at some of the investigation and you see some of the evidence and I mean, there's been docu-series done on this, you know, documentaries that have been done on it. And, and that information is out there. I saw someone earlier today who said, well, you know, we don't know what allegedly happened. No, we, we do. We know what she alleged happened in the room. We have some evidence that's come to light. We know group text messages exist. We know that she was contacted to try to make it go away. We know that alcohol was involved. We know certain things. Let's not keep our head in the sand and act like we don't. Because that's just, that's what makes it more frustrating than anything. Because if you can't admit facts are facts, 
then we're not going to, it doesn't matter how awkward things get. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, like I said, and what you have reiterated, I'm not, and God willing, I'm not going to be a criminal lawyer. Although that's the door is open for all of these things. Uh, I'll be a different kind of lawyer. Um, but I at least know enough about, uh, evidentiary laws and, and, criminal law in general unfortunately um to to say that like that that six-year time frame the added in impact of alcohol being involved um and the high profile of the individuals who are potentially involved in it all of those things are recipes for a losing case in any other circumstances but there has to be some very, very serious evidence of this um, that we might never get to actually know the specifics of because some parts of court documents will be sealed. Um, but like, you're right. I mean, there's no way that more people didn't know that more people weren't talking about it. Um, and that's what's so frustrating. Like, it's so good that it's happening and that there can be justice but you hate that it had to happen this long. You hate that this wasn't something that could have happened four years ago, five years ago. Um, and we instead have had to wait all this time. But more importantly, the victim in this case has had to wait this long and has had to spend so much time fighting for justice. Because um, six years is a long time like for anything. I mean, six years ago, I was just graduating high school. Now I'm in law school. Like It's a long time to, to be sitting and and waiting for for something like this to happen um God, so as, as yeah <laughs> i was talking to somebody the other day and i said how i graduated from high school in 2018 they're like oh you're so young and i was like well i'm actually in law school now like i'm, I'm a full adult um but i uh i <laughs> just ruining chris's night here um uh, but i think that uh it just is such a long time and like it's so important that we acknowledge that and i hope learn from it going forward and so that this sort of thing doesn't take this long in the future you know because it's so many problems could have been solved if we had talked about it and figured it out earlier like even just not even if we're just looking at like the victim side of it so many things could have been solved for her but people who were facing like uh, you know guilt or um shame directed at them who had nothing to do with it and were not involved at all never knew still don't know which I don't know how many of them, those people there are, but there are probably a few. I mean, I know a couple people. Jordan Cairo is one that wasn't even in London when this happened. Um, and so and he, he, wasn't a lead, he wasn't a leader on the team. So I don't know how much some of these people knew, but like you could have saved so much if you had addressed this at the time uh, before it got out of hand. Because now it's gotten out of hand, obviously. <laughs> Right. And like someone, uh, I'm going to use Kale McCarr as an example, because he was literally off at college here in Massachusetts, right. quite far away when this incident occurred. But you mean to tell me that all of those players on the team, he didn't talk to any of them about it. He doesn't know anything. He can't attest to any of their character. He can't sit there and, and, and say to one of them, Hey, maybe you should speak up about what you do know. Like Kale McCarr has clout in the league and he has now become complicit because he hasn't said a word. And, and that really sucks to say, because 
he's a goddamn good player. And he's someone who deserves respect around the league. But he's also the perfect person to come out and say, hey, this person knew about this. This person knew about this. This is what the locker room was like. There are certain things that he can say, or he can come out and say, I'm working with the authorities to make sure that justice gets handled. I'm not going to comment on it while everything is going on. And that's also okay to do, but at least then we have something from him. And and you mentioned Cairo, similar situation. Like the players who aren't involved, who had nothing to do with it, also aren't saying anything. And and that's more of a problem because first of all, if if, if I'm on that team and my entire gold medal is now tainted because of this situation. I'm doing everything in my power to say it wasn't me. I wasn't there. Uh, There are certain things that I can't say because of the legal battles that are going on. This is what I'm allowed to tell you. But none of them are doing that. Yeah. And the only thing that I'll say on that before, like, I feel like Lauren often has more coherent, better ways of saying things than I do. Um, But like, at least on like a very personal, like, you know, level, I, I, I also don't want anything that like we say to come across as like, you know, people who know certain facts about events happening, like there's a difference for me between being complicit in them and, um, you know, not talking about them for specific reasons. Like I know in my own case, when I was the victim of a violent crime and a lot of people in my circle had to be contacted about it, nothing meant more to me than when those people kept it to themselves and just communicated with the police about it and not other people. So, you know, if we find out that these certain people who didn't know anything about it fully cooperated with the investigation and they didn't talk about certain things out of respect for the victim. Like in my case, I didn't even want those people to talk if they found out who it was who had done it. I didn't want them to talk about that either. I didn't want anybody to talk about it. Um, And so I think that like, that's the other side of it is that I have no doubt that I don't know how many, but at least a few people on the team and involved in the situation likely are fully cooperating, hopefully all of them, but are fully cooperating and in a lot of ways out of respect for the individual involved, not out of respect for the people who who allegedly perpetrated it, but out of respect for the person involved are not speaking on it otherwise. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, Laura. Yeah, well, oh. it's also um, very true that a lot of players, I think maybe a few maybe six months ago, a year ago, whenever this, uh, I forget what the timeline was, um, a lot of them were talking through their agents um, because anything that they did say could, you know, potentially put them in a bad spot. Um, So I don't doubt that people did know. Um, To what extent, I'm not sure, because as someone who's been a part of many teams, there's always kind of one group of people who does this one group of people who does this like teams aren't really as close as everybody wants to believe um so i don't doubt doubt that within the team there are subgroups and i don't want to use that as saying that the people who had some sort of insight on this are innocent or yeah innocent anyway um because you know everybody who knew plays a role in this but i am I don't want to sit here and uh, say that nobody did anything because we just don't know that yet. 
Um, and I know like a lot of people, when their agents came out, they said that they were cooperating with any investigation that was pending. Um, as And unfortunately, we probably won't know the truth behind that. Um, it's just what has been said and what we are supposed to believe. I will say this. At, uh, and I know the, the Bruins game is, is started, so I, I want to get you guys out of here. I want to thank you guys both again for coming on. Uh, and, and I do apologize that at some point when I'm editing this, I do have to insert the, uh, the, the insensitive commercial break. Um, so I don't know where I will put that, but I, I don't want that to go unsaid that, um, I know I didn't break for one. I will insert it. It, it, it's, it's not something I want to do for this episode, but I'm contractually obligated to do. So I, I want to throw that out there because I, this is something that I don't think should be interrupted by a commercial, uh, but I do have to put it in per my contract. So I apologize. Um, I, I will say, though, I, I think we're all on the same page as far as, you know, we, we, we know what we don't know and we know what we do know. And we want to tread as carefully as possible by simply, you know, yeah, one plus one equals two, but we're not quite at that mark just yet. We still need a little bit more. It's it's damning for sure, but luckily that first breath that we've been holding on to now for so long can be released. And yes, we have to take another one and hold it till February 5th, unless something breaks between now and then. But that's it. We have another step. And I think that one of the most frustrating things over this last six year period for, for everybody involved and fans of hockey everywhere, not knowing when that shoe would drop was probably one of the worst parts about this story. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, either one of you, because, yeah, it's interesting to say from a team perspective of, oh, you know, we just lost this player because of the scandal, but it, it, it's completely different looking at it from, Grace, your perspective as someone who's been through something similar going, you know, this is still ongoing. It's hanging over so many people's heads and now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this wasn't like, oh, we're expecting a statement now. It was an insider has found out this information. Here's a story. And everyone went, oh, shit, react. Yeah. I mean, I and I think that, you know, if if anybody listens to, th- listens to this and takes anything away from uh, us, we both said it uh, on our Twitters. But that like the fact that it was so sudden and this coming out of nowhere happening like this. Um, can be really difficult for a lot of people and a lot of people who have experienced this sort of thing, either who went through the justice system, never saw justice served, um, you know, and so any feelings and and things that come up out of that are completely valid. Um, I know that Lauren and I had our own, you know, struggles with, with the news coming out. And so, again, the fact that it had to happen like this, where it was out of nowhere, seemingly uh, after years of wondering when it was going to happen can make it all the harder. And so my hope is that, you know, anybody who has any sort of reaction to the news as well as the person involved themselves, just that they are able to find a sense of justice and a sense of peace going forward, because that's what 
we all deserve in this situation. I think also as people who have been, you know, unfortunately through certain things, um, I think it's important to mention that we are, um, you know, there's a lot of safe spaces on Twitter, um, but I like to think that me and Grace hold a very special one, and I, I think I can speak for myself and Grace when I say that talking to us is always a open thing for anybody listening to this who hasn't who hasn't who has gone through something similar and needs to air it out to somebody but they just don't know how to or who to talk to um because obviously unfortunately we've gone through it we've a lot of people you know like i said we found out a lot of our friends have gone through it and that was um really hard to deal with so yeah just for people to know that like we are a space where you'll be heard and we will be able to communicate in a way that maybe helped us or is helping us get through things. But yeah, that's. Yeah. And in the description, I'll, I'll put your, your show's info and, and stuff like that. That way there people can reach out to you guys individually. I mean, I, I, there's only so much I can say by going my, you know, my DMS are open as well because there's, you know, I, I mentioned it before we started recording. The three of us could literally walk into the the Garden for a Bruins game wearing the exact same player's jersey, and we will have three different experiences because we're not only because we're just different people, but you know, if if you guys walk. 30 feet ahead of me now all of a sudden you guys are viewing everybody around you differently and people are viewing you differently like it 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 sucks to say that but that is a reality and it's a reality that i don't have to deal with because i can i can i can walk through the the causeway on my own and not have to worry whereas if you guys have been through something you probably, I'm guessing, and I don't want to be insensitive about it, but you might be looking over your shoulder a little bit more than I am. Am I wrong? No. I mean, I think all women, especially, I mean, have experienced even just any sort of uh, negative attention uh, at any point in their lives and just what they've heard. All women sort of have a unique experience and perspective when it comes to, you know, being alone at night or being alone in daylight. Um, So it it definitely is, is... important and that's why I think it's it's we're really grateful that you are willing to bring us on and talk about it because I do think that women add another perspective to things that that should always be included in the conversation especially a conversation like this I I again there there's experiences that that I just can't attest to and likewise I can sit here and say hey but what really sucks is someone a a, a gentleman or a, a guy like myself you know Let's let's say you're wearing a jersey and I want to compliment you on it. Well, you know, it's like, how can I go about doing that and yet just have it be I'm just issuing you a compliment like yeah, yeah it's not, it's nothing more than that. But yet it's probably going to come off as more than that. And there's nothing I can do about it. That's another part of the awkward conversation that people don't want to have because it's it's too much trying to view someone else's point of view and we just don't like to do that yeah for sure <laughs> lauren is just looking at us just like yeah 
<laughs> so a lot of a lot of our podcast ends up being just Laura and I like looking at each other like yeah yeah a lot of That's hours get cut out do. look at Grace yeah. look at Lauren <laughs> yeah all I need but again I, I Bruins game has started we're we're about eight minutes in so I'm gonna let you guys get going I I to watch it I do appreciate you guys jumping on and and hopefully we can have you guys on again uh, on a on a happier note down the road whether it's together or or individually. But again, that perspective that you both have to offer, as awkward as the conversation is, I think it's it's very insightful to to be able to look at it from that other perspective. And I think it's important that that we hear that perspective. And and I want to compliment both of you because that's not something that you guys are or either one of you are quiet about. And and that's not something that anybody should be. And, and it sounds like for both of you, correct me if I'm wrong, it's taken you both your own journeys, long journeys to get to this point, but neither one of you plan to shut up about it. And that's a good thing. I don't think you could ever get me and Grace to shut up. Yeah, we're good at, we're good at not shutting up about things. We were lucky to find each other because you (laughs) you fill a room with us and nobody's ever going to stop talking. (laughs) Correct. Well, I'm going to end this. Uh, right now by just saying that all those people involved in the cover-up can just puck off.